Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. It is the Kendall and Casey Show, 93 WIBC. I'm Rob. Casey's out today. Tony Kennett from Chalkboard Review back in. And Tony, breaking news yesterday. It took a while. Took longer than expected, but it appears now even NBC has said the Republicans will win the U.S. House of Representatives. Right now, they have them at 220. It looks like if you go over to Politico, based on the races that are out still, it could be 221. But hey, as, as to quote the, uh, the famous line from Mr. Mom, 220, 221, whatever it takes— they're going to have the House of Representatives. I mean, I'm just I'm just amazed that despite their best efforts, they are going to barely cross over the line, which is really great because, again, if you go back to Kevin McCarthy's victory night speech, he's like, we did it. We took back the House. And everyone was like, dude, what are you on? Like, we barely took back the House. We can't even get the Senate. We put together garbage candidates. Everyone was plastered yeah. in that room full of sad Republicans. <laughs> and and here we are. We're going to pretend that barely taking back the House was a victory. All right. Yippee. Well, and we talked about this for six months, and I thought it was a big deal at the time, and it never picked up any steam in the sense of there was no vision from this Republican Party. There was no elect us and we will. And you can say it's fair. You can say it's unfair. You can cry about it. You can whatever. The reality is Republicans are held to a higher standard than Democrats because they are not the party of Santa Claus. They are not the party of vote for us and we will give you, which is always what the Democrats are. Never, of course, admonishing or acknowledging, hey, we're destroying society in the process because something comes from somewhere. But the reality is the Republicans always have to and a held to being held by being held to a higher standard, tell you, elect us and we will, and here's how your life will be better. And there was nothing from either the House or Senate as a collective, a la the contract of America with 1994. Mm-hmm. And as such, it is hard to create a national movement when you don't have a national vision, even though the party in power is horrific. Right. Well, there are four core factions in the Republican Party, and I hear this a lot in in kind of the interim backroom doors where all of the factions are arguing, but a lot of people think that there's just the, the, the Trump Republicans, and then there's everyone else, and they're the establishment Republicans, and that's not the case. The establishmentarian Republicans are on their way out. They are all growing old and dying. They are not actually as powerful as they used to be. Their policies are wildly unpopular with American voters. You have Trump populists. They're the other fringe that is not as huge a wing of the Republican Party as they were in 2016 and in 2018. And then you have traditional conservatives who are kind of taking the the best from both of those worlds, the the economy and, and low spending that the establishment pretends they are, even though they're not. Um, and then the the <laughs> populism's focus on the culture war and the importance of societal issues. And then you have the libertarian faction of the Republican Party that just cries themselves to sleep every night because none of their ideals are really getting pushed forward. And really, the only thing they have is the Second Amendment, which some Republicans step on as soon as they step into office. Uh, So it's a really weird split Republican Party at the moment. Uh, I'm hoping uh, that they're 
is going to be a shift in faction control in the speakers in the in the House at least. Uh, I don't really see uh, Mitch McConnell getting ousted from the Senate uh, in his leadership position, as well, unfortunate as that is. Well, let's talk about that real quick because there is a new poll out, according to Breitbart. The poll uh, was done by Civics, which shows Mitch McConnell with just a seven percent favorability, while eighty-one percent view him unfavorably. Now. And this is going to be this is going to make people mad because we're going to tell you the truth here instead of whatever the narrative is. Mitch McConnell, the truth is Mitch McConnell did far more to help Republicans this election cycle than Donald Trump did just in terms of financial obligation. Yes, you can be mad that Mitch McConnell spent all that money in Alaska instead of Blake Masters. That's right. totally, totally to a total viable criticism of Mitch McConnell. And that mm -hmm. money might have really helped Blake Masters. OK, but other than that. In basically every state where there was an election, Mitch McConnell, and we're not even talking like just just you know more money, but it was close. Like we're talking ten times in some cases the amount of money to help people like Herschel Walker or Laxalt in Nevada or or uh, Dolak, the guy in uh, in New Hampshire or mm -hmm. J.D. Vance in in Ohio. Mitch McConnell did his part to try to help these Republicans. In most cases, that doesn't remove the fact, though, that the guy is a total zero right. and nobody likes him. He is a far more effective minority leader than a majority yes, leader. You're right. Um, and he's been pretty good at resisting the Biden administration's worst policies. I, and I say pretty good because sometimes he's, you know, really crap the bed, as it were, and well, especially he, he, in cases of Ukraine spending. Well, you're right. And he handed him the green dream right. by, by him, along with the Duke of Spendingburg. Uh, that, you know, they handed them this chips bill without forcing them to go through reconciliation on it, mm -hmm. which enabled them to be able to uh, pass the green dream through reconciliation because they didn't have to burn it earlier. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so, I mean, look, nothing's going to change, right? McCarthy is going to find a way, and, and they're now they're calling for delays in the House election uh, as well until after the, the runoff. But McCarthy's going to be reelected. McCarthy is going to breeze to uh, likely. I mean, he'll cut a deal with the Democrats if he has to. McConnell will still probably be the Republican leader because, again, there are a whole bunch of establishment Republicans. And by the way, all you people who said you're going to hold Todd Young accountable. Remember, there was all these people said, well, you're just wrong. We can't ever vote for the libertarian. we got to elect him and then we'll hold him accountable. Well, you can start right now by flooding his office with phone calls saying, do not elect Mitch McConnell. You all, we're going to be the accountability team here. Hold this guy accountable by saying, do not vote for Mitch McConnell. But he's going to vote for Mitch McConnell well, there's the majority leader. There's this or, weird, or minority leader, rather. There's this weird two-tier system that people don't often think about, that as soon as you get elected to some kind of a public office, especially some kind of a legislature, you get in, and it's the first day in session, and then the leadership comes and says, okay, you're going to toe the party line. You're going to follow exactly what it is that we want you to do. Who cares about your constituents that voted to bring you here? Who cares about their concerns? You're going to vote what we want because it's in your best interest, and it's in their best interest. And that happens happens in the Indiana State House in both of our houses that happens in the uh, it happens very openly in regard to the US Senate and in the US House and I am not sure going forward uh, how much the American voters are really going to toe that kind of a line if they're sending people just to receive their marching orders uh, let's take a break by the way Tony Kennett in today for um Casey. When we come back, big news on the Biden 10K giveaway. Another judge, or another set of judges in this case, has stepped up and said, not so fast. What a surprise. And I want to ask Tony, because obviously education is your area of expertise. Are these 
millennials or these Gen uh, Zers or these 28 and unders who flooded out to vote for, or 30 and unders who flooded out to vote for Democrats. They did not flood out to vote for Democrats. That well, is I, well, complete. I mean, the, da- the data shows it was plus 28. I mean, I don't know what you call that. I uh, mean, depending on the district, that it's it's wildly overblown. So the the examiner did a study that kind of contrasts that data with okay, some other. Okay, stuff. well, well, let's we'll, hold we'll that. About well, yeah. let's hold that too. We'll talk about that more coming when we come back. It's Kendall and Casey show. Silly, silly, silly people who thought, vote for Biden. I'll get $10,000. Another group of judges has said, not so fast. 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Kevins here. Tony Kennett from Chalkboard Review in for Casey today. So now we we had one federal judge that has ruled uh, the action by Biden a no-go. On in terms of the 10K giveaway for student loan debt. Yep. And now a second, now this time a group of judges, a unanimous three-judge panel from the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Eighth Circuit Court has uh, also said this was a lawsuit involving the states, um, has basically said at least for the time being, no dice either. So now we have two different a judge and sets of judges, so two different courts basically saying this cannot go forward. And it's important to uh, remind listeners exactly what it is that Biden used as his rationale for providing this college debt forgiveness. So President Biden said that COVID-19 caused an emergency and under the COVID-19 emergency protocol, remember the one he just extended, because he says college students were harmed the most college students were harmed the most <laughs> during by, COVID. by COVID in a in a time when payments for student loans was halted indefinitely, so they weren't paying money towards their student loans during that time, he says that they need financial assistance that caused them significant pain during COVID. And that's a direct quote from the president's office, which again, doesn't actually make grammatical sense, but nothing from his office really makes grammatical sense. So it doesn't even make sense on the financial or the legal level either. And so all of these judges are going, no, there were no student loan payments even requested of students at the federal level during the COVID emergency. Right. Because they suspended them. They still haven't started back up yet. Right. So who actually has suffered financially related to student loans in relation to COVID? Like there's no correlation even. It's the thinnest of thin cases. And, And look, I will say this openly. I am cheering so hard against these people getting this money because this is such an insult to people like me who took extra years. Why can't you just be happy, Rob? Why can't you just be happy for people getting forgiveness? Don't you like Jesus? (laughs) Jesus forgave people, Rob. I saw that. Somebody on Twitter- Don't you just love people, Rob? Somebody on Twitter came at that with me uh, yesterday, and it is such an insult to every person such as myself who took years extra to get through college and paid cash because we said I'm not going to I'm going to make a financial decision to better myself. I'm not going to take on this debt. I and there are sacrifices to that. I worked a full-time job and owned a business while I had that while I was going to school. I didn't get to go out a lot of times and have fun like my friends who took on the yep. debt. There is a there is a sacrifice. It's a trade-off. And, and you made the choice. And and as a sidebar anecdote as well, when I came down from Maranatha my third year over the summer, I had the opportunity to do several different internships, some many of which which were unpaid but would have provided a lot of really cool opportunities. And instead I worked at Draper in Spiceland. 
I did. I worked in the factory and I put stuff together all day and I didn't have fun and I woke up at ungodly hours and I worked ungodly shifts and I made money to go to college. Was that special? Was that heroic? No, I was the one who wanted to go to college. So I did the work to make sure that I could go to college and not get saddled with debt. And now everyone else is just getting a free ride because they want the government's handouts. And you and I are the ones that are going to be paying for it. The plumber who didn't go to college, who went to trade school, is now shouldering the debt of some gender studies barista off of Mass Avenue. It's ridiculous. (laughs) Did you ever go to the gigantic candle factory there in Spiceland, right there off the Spiceland exit? Uh, I think that's a little bit further down 70 and 40. That's not the warm candle glow place. Yeah. I think we're talking yeah. about. My, oh, oh, that's, my, good. I know, that's good he knows because he was giving me, if you can see this on the YouTube chat, this blank death stare. When no, I, said I was that, just confused. Though, I'm like, no, it's it's a little further than Spiceland. But no, I mean, there was a gas station I got chocolate covered pretzels at every morning because, <laughs> you know, college students and sure. great breakfasts. Um, I, was, I just was glad that I wasn't like not in some foreign land, foreign dream or something when I went there that that really did Oh, happen. you Indianapolis people trying to connect with the rurals. <laughs> um, real quick, we do have some audio. Let's go back in the time machine. Earlier this year, Nancy Pelosi uh, telling everyone Joe Biden can't do this. People think that the president of the United States, is this more on the subject than you ever want to know? Will you let me know? People think that the president of the United States has the power for debt forgiveness. He does not. He can postpone. He can delay. But he does not have that power. That That has to be an act of Congress. Seems pretty cut and dry. Oh, if you just, I mean, in again, the entire theme of the Star Wars prequels is that the Chancellor, who's in charge of the whole galaxy, gets more and more emergency powers until one day he just declares himself a dictator. And here we have Biden, day after day, declaring more and more emergency powers. Oh, the, the COVID came and it took my dog. It's <laughs> terrible. Gotta forgive the debt. It's like, what? That doesn't, be, that doesn't even connect. Not even preschoolers drawing with crayons could connect those dots. Uh, real quick, too, if you are one of these young people who uh, thought the Democrats really love me and they care about me and they're trying to help me and, uh, you know, they were, I'm from the government, we're here to help. Here's what Kamala Harris actually thinks of young people in our society. What else do we know about this population, 18 through 24? They are stupid. <laughs> that is why we put them in dormitories and they have a resident assistant. Really bad decisions. Okay, perfect. Yeah, she's. I not, agree with her. She's not wrong. Yeah, no, my, my eighteen to twenty-four years saw me eat stupid things, wear stupid things, say a lot of stupid things. I. She's not wrong. I. Even a blind squirrel finds a nut once in a while. Good for her. And yet, these people, even when it is just there's no mixing that up there's no doctoring that audio they will still believe these people like me they care about me no they used you they used you to get your vote and it was pretty successful and i hope you're happy because now you get nothing there's a there's a comment on the live stream saying that she sounds like a stand-up comedian i'm picturing kamala harris as jerry seinfeld 18 to 24 year olds watch the deal with that (laughs) all right let's take a break when we come back friend of the show pastor micah beckwith will join us we're going to talk we're going to talk about something in your neck of the woods which is how important it is for the indiana general assembly next year to finally make the school board races partisan we'll talk absolutely about that. yeah we'll talk about that coming up next 93 wibc 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Amen. Amen. It's time to go to church. Take me to church. Here to preach to the choir from the bully pulpit, Pastor Micah Beckwith. 93 WIBC, it is the Kindle and Casey Show. I'm Rob Tony Kennett in for Casey today. Let's go to the drivepeopler.com hotline, the conservative voice of America, of Indiana, of all the states and all the union. Pastor Micah Beckwith. Beckwith, how's it going? Good. I've, I just got a promotion, so now I'm I'm over the entire United States. Now is that is that how it goes? I have I have declared you the conservative voice of America. <laughs> That's a good one. I I think Tucker Carlson's gonna gonna fight you on that one, but uh, uh, but uh, you know we'll go we'll go with it. Look, did the did Tucker Carlson get the Libertarian candidate for Secretary of State thirty five thousand votes? I don't think so. Well, let's not forget about Rainwater. I think you got him 18 million. I can't remember exactly how many votes you got him in Indiana, but it seems like it goes up every time we talk about Donald Rainwater. But that was pretty good, 18 million. Here's the deal, Beckwith. It doesn't make any difference in terms of who's screwing up the office, but it's a moral victory, and we'll take as many of those as we can when it comes to libertarian uh, public office candidates. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm right there with you. Listen, Jeff is a Jeff uh, uh, Maurer was a good candidate. I, I liked him a lot. And if, if the libertarians keep putting up good candidates like that, I think they'll continue to to take ground. And I, I think competition's a good thing. I'm a you know I'm a Republican. I I believe in Republican principles. But I, I love the fact that the libertarians are gaining ground, and and hopefully it'll it'll keep the Republicans uh, accountable because a lot of a lot of people like you, Robert are disenfranchised Republicans. I mean, it's not that you guys have changed in core principles. It's that you just have given up uh, hope sometimes on the Republican Party. And I totally see why. But we need we need accountability for the Republicans, not not abandonment of the Republican Party, but bringing in a, a strong Libertarian Party would, I think, make a stronger Republican Party, too. Now, you know what would reinstitute some hope for me and the Republicans is if you end up in the U.S. Congress and it looks like uh, Mike Braun is sprinting towards announcing that he's going to run for governor, which likely means Victoria Sparts. I mean, she was in an office for two years, so why not is going for something else. And that means the 5th Congressional District would open up and Beckwith, I can't think of anything that would make me more likely to come back into the Republican fold than you being on C-SPAN on the regular debating in the halls of Congress. Listen, I, I have said over and over again, I'm, I'm a culture warrior. I, I feel you put me in the middle of that fight and I'm like a fish in water. So, there, you know, we're praying about it. And I, I would say it's definitely a strong possibility that we're leaning toward getting in that race. But uh, and, and then you coming back to the Republican Party only just sweetens the pot sure. a little bit more. So. No, that's that's exactly what all Republicans want is me back in the tent. Hey, I was talking to a legislator the other day, and and uh, you know he was bemoaning you, and and uh, you know kind of just <laughs> he was saying, you know, you know, Rob's always get it, he always gets it wrong, he doesn't know what he's talking about. I said, listen, then go on his show and yes. straighten him out. And he's like, oh, I don't, I don't know about that. I said, Rob and and WIBC have such a strong voice in Central Indiana; they can be your ally if you just work with them and and instead of run away from them all the time. And so I really think that. 
the Republicans are probably coming around to, all right, I think, how, how can we you know partner with Rob Kendall and, and WIBC even more? Because cause you guys really do a great job of getting a conservative message out. And, and listen, I'm going to be honest, I'm a Republican, and I will say Republicans aren't always conservative. And that's when I speak out against Republicans. But, but you guys are principled. You stay the course when it comes to conservatism. You don't always get it right on everything, but who does? And, and, I, would, and I would say, like, your, your voice, though, is strong. It's powerful. And, and you're pushing conservative uh, core core values, and that's what that's what's really important. Yeah, I mean, you think like I, by the way, M- Micah Beck with our guest. Do you think I like supporting people who struggle to get ten percent? No, I'd love to support the winning team. But you guys got to give me something to win with, right? I mean, it's a it's a mutual relationship here. I'm not obligated to support you when you keep doing awful stuff. I don't think it's too much to say limited taxes, limited government, and I know you will back me up on this, Beck. With I think the most important thing, Republican. Republicans in the General Assembly should do next year is make these school board races partisan. Amen to that. I have been beating that drum for the last two and a half, three years, because here's here's what's happening. The donut counties are going purple. So we see like like uh, places around Evansville or Lake County or, or Indianapolis, all those donut counties are starting to go purple. Here's how it's happening. I can tell you this because I've seen it firsthand. For the last 15 years, we have had uh, woke uh, Marxist educators who have come from Ivy League schools begin to indoctrinate the next generation. And now, for the last 15, 10 years, those, those kids have been under their, 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 uh, their tutelage and now they're out, they're voting in elections. Who do you think they're voting for? They're voting for the leftist Marxist candidates themselves. That's why we're losing these donut counties. And if, and if the rest of the state doesn't wake up, it is going to be that way all over the state in about 10 years from now. Now, I literally heard uh, Speaker Houston say at a fall dinner just a couple weeks ago, Rob, was, you were right there. I was with there. You. You, were, you were there. You were, we were down front, right? In he the was, very front table. He, he totally went out of his way not to look at us the entire time. But yes, we were there in the front row. <laughs> And, and he said, he said, I am all in on the school boards. Like, I'm all in on school boards. And so if that's true, then we have got to get the legislature to enact this partisan uh, policy, this law that, that creates, creates it so that every person running on, a, on a, a ballot has to declare Republican or Democrat when they're running for school board. That would clean things up in a, in a matter of two to four years, and we would yep. have we would have strong schools again. We'd have good leadership again, and we would, we would get all these liberal wokeists out of the school boards who hide under the banner of nonpartisanshipism. Yep. And they say, and here's what's going to happen. And now the legislators have to you know man up, you know gird up your loins, if you will, and and, and <laughs> <laughs> because they are. And I, and I know what you're. I know what you're going to say. Micah Beckwith is our guest. Uh, they are petrified of the red shirts, the t- angry teachers, and the. Red Red shirts coming down there and yelling at them. And it's a very simple thing, isn't it, Micah, to say, look, we're going to treat the school board like we treat every other office in the state of Indiana. You can pick whatever team you want to be on. You're, you have a right to be on the ballot based on that team if you win your primary. And why should school boards be treated any different? I have no idea why these people are so afraid of the red shirts, but it would be a great opportunity if, again, your uh, your legislative friends really want me back in the tent. There is nothing I'd rather go to the mat on than these partisan school board races. And we, I think we could get a, a cavalcade of people into the state house support. That. I, I agree with that. I mean, I talk to people all over the state of Indiana who cannot believe what they're seeing in their schools. Now, here's what here's a, here's the inner working, the inner battle that the Republicans are going to have to fight. 
the the rural communities right now, their legislators are not they don't have the yeah. the prowess to go out and fight this battle right now because they don't see it as much because it's not quite happening as as thick as it is in the donut counties, which is understandable. I mean, you still have a lot of good God and country educators and teachers in these rural communities who love God, who love their families, who love the kids, and they're doing a great job. And so these these legislators in these rural areas are like, well, it's not really happening too much in my area. Why do I need to be concerned with it? Because you will look like Fishers or HSC here in the next 10 years if you don't do something about it now. So we've got to get the we've got to put the pressure on them. So if you're listening to this and you have legislators in rural America, rural Indiana, make sure that you uh, you go to them. And say, no, this is really important. You have to see you have to have a little bit of vision here. Look out past what you, you know, past your nose. Look 10 years down the road because it's coming and we need to stop it now or else it's, or we're going to be Illinois if, in 10 years. I, without a doubt, we will be Illinois in 10 years if we don't do this. Yeah. And right it's, now. it's such a simple conversation. All you have to say is we're treating school board like every other office in the state of Indiana. Boom. We're done here. Uh, I'm going to put you in charge of making this happen, Micah, because you are liked by everyone and I am loathed by everyone. So you get the ball rolling. We'll bring the hammer down. Uh, Let's uh, let's maybe they'll name the bill after us. (laughs) That's right. Or or maybe uh, we'll get a Sagamore or something to that. that Well, you know, it's fine. We had a we had a friend that we thought was going to get elected, and we thought the Sagamore was in the bag for both of us, and, well, he didn't get elected. So, uh, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. He's, gonna, he's got a long future in politics, so he's not done yet. So, uh, uh, Micah Beckwith is our guest. Out. Before I let you go, you told me leading into the election last week that everyone had to vote for Todd Young because – uh, you were going to hold him accountable. Then the conservatives are going to hold him accountable. So does this start? I mean, you guys with the holding accountable, you know Todd Young is itching to vote for Mitch McConnell to be the leader in the Senate. Does this where the holding accountable starts? Because I told you, I'm I'm out on the Todd Young equation. This yeah. is This is your problem now. Yeah, well, hey, you know what? We're all on the same ship. So it's like saying uh, to the uh, to the people on the the deck of the Titanic, "Hey, I didn't want this guy driving the boat, so this is your problem now. You're still on the Titanic, man. I hate to break it to you." <laughs> oh, so now it's my problem again. We didn't even get a week. We didn't even get a week. You and I had a very clear agreement. You were going to the mat for Todd Young. I said oh, it's your no, problem no. now. Oh, Rob, you no, got to do your no. part. No, no, no. I never said you weren't on the Titanic. What were you on a little speedboat driving next? We're all on this together, Rob. Come oh, on. So once on. again, the problem you created becomes my problem for the next six years. I knew that was going to happen. No, no. Here's what you do, though. Here's you. I think everyone needs to reach out to Todd and say, Todd, we're, we're done with McConnell. You got to jump, jump over with Cruz and Rubio and the guys who are saying, hey, we can't keep electing the same leadership and expect different results. We've seen. You know, listen, I'll give McConnell credit where credit's due. He did a lot to get good judges on the bench. I love that about, about McConnell. I think he did a great job there. He was shrewd. He was smart on how that how that played out. I mean, we'd have Merrick Garland right now on the Supreme Court if it wasn't for McConnell. So give him credit where it's due. But but his time is over. I mean, I think everyone in the party knows. I was talking to uh, uh, Christy Stutzman even yesterday, and she was just saying, we have got to get McConnell out of leadership in the Senate. And, and you know, McConnell was really uh, – he, he was really key in making sure Marlin didn't win that Senate race yeah. uh, primary. I was and, there. And, I know. I know. And he didn't want Marlin because Marlin thinks for himself. And I'm not saying that, you know, Todd Young's just a go-along-to-get-along guy, but Todd is No, he is a go-along-to-get-along guy. That's <laughs> the whole crux of the beef is he just okay. wants to be along. <laughs> 
Okay, I, I, I stand maybe a little corrected there. Maybe he is a go along to get along guy. But this is where we got to call Todd and say, Todd, you got to you got to abandon ship when it comes to McConnell. We need new leadership. I think if Todd's being honest, he he would actually even agree with that. Now, again, Todd's a political animal. I mean, he's thinking about his his leadership positions in the in the future of the Senate. But but I, I think the writing's on the wall. McConnell's out. I mean, th- this is not gonna. It's you you need to be a visionary if you're a leader you you are the trailblazer you don't follow you lead and so Todd Young needs to lead on this and he needs to get get uh with Ted Cruz and Rubio and and the guys that are calling for new leadership and and that's really we just have to we got to call Todd as as his constituents and say Todd uh this is this is the course we need to take uh real quick before I let you go got about 30 seconds uh, I have loved 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 so much the uh last several weeks either coming up to Life Church and watching you guys you in person um and the Life Church community is fantastic and watching uh, the online service last week and and you you let me know that you have seen a cavalcade of people saying uh writing my name down as the on the contact form of why are you here well and and we don't know if that's a good or bad thing it's like i know rob kendall i have to get in the church because it's destroying my mind but life life church is awesome man i mean you guys do such a great great job and man i just i love the church community what you guys guys do and how on fire for the lord you guys are well, thanks, man. It's been an honor to have you and and uh, you know your your beautiful new bride with us up up worshiping every Sunday, and and it's really been God's growing the church. And and here's why: people ask, they say, "What's the growth? What do you equate the growth to?" It's because we boldly proclaim the truth of God's word. We don't care who knows it. We're not going to bow a knee to the cancel culture. If the cancel culture comes at us and says that's politically incorrect speech, you can't say it. We're going to say, you know, go pound sand. This is what God's word says, and we're sticking to it. So that's why we're growing. People are hungry for the truth, and. And we're giving them truth. Pastor Micah Beck with now just not the conservative voice of Indiana anymore. He is the conservative voice of the entire country. Thank you, my friend. Hey, thanks, man. We'll talk to you later. 93 WIBC. It's the Kendall and Casey Show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. To do a little public service announcement here. By the way, 93 WIBC, it's the Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob, Kevin's here, Tony Kennett, chalkboard review in for Casey. So we're going to get into this more next hour during the listener voicemails. But we're going, we've just got to do this as a public service to the community. If you write or correspond with this show in any fashion i'm talking uh social media a text message a phone call a smoke signal of email phone calls which we'll play some next hour and you tell me you are done or you're not listening anymore or you're never coming back we laugh at you that is true it's even better (laughs) if you you call in and you say uh, i'm done i'm not listening anymore i await your response yes we will have one of those next hour you are listening. You're going to continue to listen. You'll probably listen more than you ever have before because there is no way that you are that lo- much of a lunatic that offering critiques of a guy who once again wants to be president of the United States who has epically failed in two elections in a row drives you to the point where you won't listen anymore. So we don't take you serious. We laugh at you and we will forever use you as a bit on this show. 
Have I made that clear to people going forward? You have made it clear. And if I know you, you're probably going to take that recording of you just saying yes. that and play it on the air for the next 15 <laughs> days in a row until people get the message. <laughs> just, I can't. Your threat is does not bother me. It, as though somebody goes, you know what will get him? If I say I'm not going to listen anymore. <laughs> That'll show him. No, you'll be listening. So coming up next hour, we'll have uh, multiple uh, phone calls, including one woman who may, it may be the, it's more than one. She called back to let me know that she was not listening anymore. And then she awaits my response. Uh, how would you? Uh, how, uh, shoulder so cold it became hot. Tony, Always you, Tony, you are the educator in this group. How would you await someone's response if you aren't listening to hear the response? Uh, if a tree falls in the forest and no one's around to hear it, is the Pope still a Catholic? That's, that's the question to be asked. <laughs> hey, I wanted to ask you a question because Micah and I, Micah Beckwith, and I had this conversation just last segment. I maintain the number one thing that the Indiana General Assembly should do next year is to solve this crisis that we have it's just it's primarily in central indiana right now mm -hmm. but it's coming to a town a county near you which is these lunatic leftist people continuing to get elected to school boards and that the number one way to do this to solve the number one issue is to make those partisan elections i think so i think that if someone wants to run and they want to have an r next to their name they should be allowed to have one if they want to run and they want to have a d next to their name or an l or an i or a g or a little <laughs> tiny wing ding picture of a donut that's fine you should get to run with that and voters should be able to see at a glance what it is that you stand for because as the way things currently stand school board elections are not the easiest to get out there and to market about tell people about what it is that you view on the buzzwords i believe in academics great congratulations so does every other candidate saying that on the slate everyone does you say well i care about kids great everyone says they care about kids <laughs> i'm looking for a little bit more than what you downloaded off of the hallmark channel this morning karen uh we got about 20 seconds left here why are republicans so afraid of the teachers union they don't vote for them anyway oh, why the are answer, they so afraid of them the answer is because republicans deep down in their hearts think that all teachers are still a part of the teachers union and that every single teacher is on the left. That is what the Republicans in the state house believe. I've heard them say that from their very wow. own mouths. They don't know that that's really only one third of Indiana teachers because they don't do their research. They have two staffers who Google everything. All right. When we come back, we've got dueling announcements tonight. Joe Hogsett, likely running for re-election. Donald Trump, likely running for. Is it re-election if you lost in between? Hey, it's just two things nobody wants. <laughs> They're not going to listen anymore. Talk about it coming up next. Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.